0: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hello, this is Mike with the fin Fans podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Daniel Reinhardt and uh, Jim Johnson. Uh, we're going to come to you weekly on Tuesdays, generally, and uh, we're going to talk some Dolphins football. We'll talk about the uh, game that just passed. We'll talk about the upcoming game. And generally speaking, we'll have a topic that we'll talk about uh, that circling around through Dolphin Nation. Last week, we talked about whether we thought uh, coaching was an issue or if it, maybe it was player execution. And uh, each week, we'll have something to talk about. Uh, with this team, there always is. So, we hope you listen to us. We hope you subscribe to our podcast, and we certainly hope you like it. And uh, uh, we all come from a Facebook group called Miami Dolphins, number one. That's hashtag one. You're welcome to come and join us if you'd like. Uh, we'd love to have you. You know, we, we have conversations going on uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, uh, uh, like I said, there's always something to talk about. Uh, We do some other things that are kind of unique through the Facebook groups, and um, we'd love to have you. But this is about the podcast. Uh, That's what we're interested in here, and and we're certainly going to do our best to bring you an entertaining show. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce my guys here, and uh, we'll get started. Okay, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on the uh, Texan game.
1: What up, Miami Dolphins fans? This is Daniel Reinhardt coming to you. Just wanted to touch base, like Mike said, on the Texans game. I, I don't have uh, too much on that. I would like to forget it more than I'd like to talk about it, but let's get into it a little bit. Uh, what I've seen in that game is we just got destroyed. We got handled up and down the field. Our defense can't stop anybody at this point. They're struggling not only in the run defense, which I thought we did well against early in the season, and in the passing game, which I thought was probably the strength of our team. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we had a bunch of blown assignments. We got a guy in Matt Burke that's not getting the most out of out of our defenders. And while we are a little bit behind the A ball as far as injuries are concerned, as far as a guy like Bobby McCain having to step up as a second corner when he's truly just a slot guy, I do feel like we have some talent on this team. It's just not coming together right now. So what you've seen on Thursday night is what I talked about in the last podcast, we don't play well on Thursday nights and we don't play well against Houston. And both of those things happened again. We just got manhandled. Uh, I've seen a few flashes from our offense. Brock played okay. Kenyon Drake had a good game. I want to see some continued efforts like that from Kenyon. And I just, I, I was excited to see Devontae Parker actually play as much as he did. I was concerned that when they brought up Carew, Carew was going to have to play more snaps than he did just because Parker hasn't played a lot. It was good to see Parker get back out there and do some things. I'm not convinced that Parker continues to have big games like he did against Houston, but I do think that he's going to be valuable for us moving into the final stretch of the season, into the second half, which is why I don't think that we traded him come the trade deadline. With the injuries, guys like Albert Wilson, who we talked about a lot last week, and then Kenny Stills, who still isn't practicing, we definitely need Devontae Parker to step up. So I don't know how much that's going to go moving forward, but uh, it was good to see him out there making some plays. I, I was happy with Brock's game for the most part. He missed some open throws, but he is playing a, a good game as far as the mental side. He's not making a lot of a lot of mistakes. He's not turning the ball over, and he's doing some things pre-snap that I'd like to see. I've seen some things like that against Houston, so I was pretty happy with that. But overall, it was just a really piss-poor performance by the Dolphins. And going into this week, we've got the Jets coming to town division rival, we've got to play a lot better than that. Hopefully, Burke steps that defense up a little bit and Gase continues to play or call plays that are going to work to our advantage and and our athletic talent shines through in Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday.
2: Yeah, you you touched on a lot of points there, Daniel. Uh, I was watching this game and I was shocked almost at the lack of consistency on any given anything, offense, defense, across the board. Um, the defense was just behind the whole game, uh, off a step. Uh, you know, nobody can shed a block. Uh, the defensive line is getting moved off the ball. Uh, and everything is just not clicking at all. We had a lot of miscommunications on the defense. Uh, some blown assignments per se but it just seemed like the whole defense was just not playing well as a team you know guys were a bit out of position uh seemed hesitant like they weren't sure what they what guy they were supposed to pick up or what have you uh i'm not sure if if it was just thursday night jitters they don't haven't played well on on primetime games and and this was just another case of butterflies or something but uh, I'm not sure how it can be this messy looking out there, but we do have some talented guys, and we should be able to play a lot tighter game than what we did against Houston. So uh, we're coming home. Uh, we'll be in Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, I think Burke will will get the you know rally the troops and and get everybody on the same page. Daniel, you mentioned Osweiler had a decent game and that, uh, Devante Parker had a big game. And those are, those are two things that we're going to have to have moving forward. Parker's going to need to, to be making plays out there and Osweiler's going to have to continue to make, uh, error free, uh, decisions out there. Hopefully we get Kenny Stills back week after next and, uh, we can start putting some more points on the board. But realistically, um, That was just a a sorry output there Thursday night, and I'd just as soon forget all about it.
1: Yeah, I thought our defense had a, a legit shot at doing a good job against Lamar Miller. I mean, on Johnson and the Lions ran all over us, and I thought really that we had a better shot at stopping Miller, and he went for well over 100 on us too, and it just, it wasn't a good day for the defense, and if you switch it over to the other side of the ball, the offensive line still didn't look very good, it's going to be really important for the interior of that line to get better, we've got Jake Brendel coming back off of IR this week. We, we don't know if he's going to be the starting center or not, but it's going to be really important for those I don't guys. I think he's going to be. I don't think he will either, but there's a possibility that he does end up getting in the game, and it's going to be really important for Larson and Jesse Davis to, to really play well at the guard spots because we haven't seen that happening recently. Juwan James is so inconsistent that it makes me sick. And Larry Mutunsel is finally coming into his own. But the offensive line is going to have to play well. They're going to have to play better to help Osweiler keep those mistake-free games uh, going for us. Because it, moving into this long stretch, we have, we have some tough games coming up. And it's, it's going to be really important for that offensive line to start gelling. So do you guys want to talk about the Jet game? I'd rather talk about the Jet game than I would talk about the Houston game. You know, that Houston game really hurt my feelings. I was all up in my feelings on Thursday now, night. Two
0: weeks in a row of that was tough. I mean, that was really yeah. tough. That's a yeah. lot to ask of anybody.
2: Yeah it, yeah, it was a bit sickening. I I I was shaking my head way way too much in that game.
0: You yeah, guys we- think uh, Burke is uh, in trouble?
2: Well, I did say
1: last week that if things continued to trend in the down direction that there was going to be a scapegoat. You heard a lot of talk after that Texans game about people wanting Burke's head on a silver platter, and I still am not on board with that. I still don't think that the best idea for us is to get rid of our defensive coordinator and start fresh with somebody new, uh, even if you promote somebody from the inside, which you would do obviously midseason. But I think that it's going to be more important for Burke to continue to work with these young players. Speaking of which, we just put Vincent Taylor on IR. So I want to see these young players continue to progress, which we're not going to see with Taylor now. But I think that we have to keep Burke. Is he in trouble? Maybe. Um, You're not hearing that from Gase. But I want to see him stay and continue to help progress those players.
0: Well, you're not going to
1: hear it from Gase. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation.
0: But if he is in trouble... Time will tell. We're not going to know that uh, this week or next week or the week after unless they decide to make a change.
1: Yeah, you definitely won't hear from Gase. He stands up for his guys.
2: (laughs) Yeah, people are so reactionary. We've had two bad games in a row, and everybody wants to point fingers and assign blame and and think they're going to fix it with one flip of the switch. And, you know, if you look at what Matt Burke has had to work with – You know, we've lost so many players, Uh, you know, William Hayes and now Vince Taylor, and uh, we, we jettisoned Phillips, and we were already weak at DT, and you take those guys out... Uh, you've got very little pass rush because your two defensive ends are speed guys really and they're made to bend around the edge. Uh, and all you've basically got to do is game plan to chip them a little bit and, and move them past the play. So that, that eliminates most of your passing pressure, your, you know, your pressure on the offense and Now you're now everything else will start to break down because the quarterback can go wherever he wants with it because he's got the extra time. So about the
0: changes in the secondary, Jim.
2: Well, exactly. You've got Xavier Howard who's who's been fantastic and that's great, Uh, but you move you you move McCain out to the outer boundary and and he's not built for that and. The the offensive coordinators just game plan for those kind of things. Early on, we were we were getting by and and we were taking the ball away and winning games. But you get this on film, and uh, the offensive coordinators start to know what to do. And and we don't have a solution for that on our team at this point. So blaming Matt Burke, I'm I'm not sure if that's going to solve anything.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people want to say that we played really well in the first three games, and really what happened is we were opportunistic. We took advantage of not only the opportunities to create turnovers, but the opportunities for big plays. We did start 3-0, and and it really kind of blew the season into a massive uptick for a lot of people, and a lot of people expected a lot more than what we're seeing right now. But we talk about this all the time. We are who we thought we were, you know what I mean? And you nailed it. Bobby McCain is playing out of position. And now these teams are starting to take advantage of that. It's too bad that we have a guy like Tankersley, who was supposed to be that outside corner, that number two guy, and he's just not even seeing the field. Like, what is going on with Tankersley? Is this uh, is this a, a sign of things to come as far as drafting cornerbacks for us? Because we expected a lot for him.
0: We did. We did. And I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, my my hunch is it's confidence and uh, uh, just maturity, but I don't know for sure.
2: It's kind of a tough call because, you know, you, we had Tony Lippett, who I was really hopeful early on was going to come back from injury and be, be good out there in the secondary. Uh, but that didn't materialize. And, you know, McTire kind of came on in the beginning and we thought we were gonna have him there and and that fizzled out. Yeah, he so, in the preseason. Yes, he did. He did. And uh he looked like he wanted to wanted it, you know. Uh but now it's it's kind of painful to watch on that side. Uh Fitzpatrick has been great. Uh when he's in the game we're we're sound and he's he's been a great addition to the team but, you know, he can only play one position at a time. So You know, your options are limited if you don't have the bodies on the team to plug in.
1: Yeah, and let's hope we continue to stay healthy at the linebacker and the cornerback positions because obviously we had McCain out for a little bit and we missed Rashad Jones for a couple of games. But for the majority of that defensive backfield, they've been pretty healthy. And if we can't afford to lose somebody like we have with you know, a Charles Harrison, a Cam Wake for multiple games or uh, William Hayes out for the season or now Vincent Taylor out for the season, if we lose one of those cornerbacks, then it's going to be on a guy like McTyre or Cornell Armstrong you know what i mean and while i'd like to see those guys get some snaps i don't want to see them playing 65 percent of the snaps because then we would be even more trouble than we are now
0: i definitely agree um one of the things i look at uh, uh before we play an opponent is uh how they're actually doing on offense and defense and uh it, it's eerie how, how similar these teams are, both offensively and defensively, and, and yardage gained and yardage allowed.
2: It is kind of crazy, but they're very close.
0: Yeah. Uh, Miami's 27th, uh, gaining 334 yards. The Jets are 29th, gaining 314. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Jets are 24th, uh, allowing 374 yards. And Miami is 27th, allowing 408. I'd imagine half of that is probably on the ground. Yikes. You know, scary stuff. So, yeah. I mean, my point to that is they're, they're pretty evenly matched teams. And uh, uh, for Miami to win, I think they're going to have to be able to control the line of scrimmages a little bit. Osweiler's going to have to play uh, as well or better than he's been playing. And uh, they need to get the home crowd with them. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they start off a little faster than they generally do. I say that every week and it never seems to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'd all love uh, to see that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I will I don't know if I'll ever see
1: it again.
2: <laughs> I, I'm
0: telling you, you know what would what would a seven nothing lead be?
2: Yeah,
1: well, I mean, we I'm talked not, about I'm this going sure. into the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, that the Dolphins will, need to start pra- to start faster, and we talked about it a lot on the page. We we talked about how Gase doesn't seem to care as much about that, but it's time to start caring because we've well, gone 18 straight, you know, without an offensive touchdown to start the game, and that's but unacceptable. You,
0: you know, you. – going to criticize Burke and uh, the job that he's doing. And I understand that, and I'm not saying it's not warranted, but uh, when they're trailing most of the time, that, that does make it a little tougher to play yeah. defense.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I heard I heard Gay say something in the press conference today that I thought is going to be something that to look for this week. Now, I think that the Jets are, you know, it's, it's a possible get-right game. For the Dolphins defense the Jets are not playing great on offense they got a guy in Sam Darnold who is willing to throw the ball to the other team you know what I mean he's he doesn't take as good a care as the ball uh, as they would like him to and Gase said today that he wants to see the defensive line take on blocks better and in the running game the reason that's important is because if you try to Navigate your way around a block you open up a big hole and if the guys on the defensive line can start Navigating correctly and start taking on those blocks the way that the defense the defensive coaches are teaching them to do then Isaiah Crowell if he's the guy who starts and runs for the Jets may struggle a little bit more than what we've seen these guys in the last few weeks you know, the defensive line has been giving up gashes and the the linebackers, like Jim said, are, are not getting off blocks. So if we can take on those blocks correctly, I think that we may have a chance here to actually hinder their running game from being something that propels the Jets to a victory on Sunday. Well, when your de- defensive
0: line isn't uh, disciplined, it makes it tougher on the linebackers to do their job.
1: Absolutely. And we've already got some inexperience at linebacker. Yes.
2: Yeah, no doubt they're getting moved around, and it's just enough to create a seam, like you mentioned, Daniel. You know, if if you try to go around a block somehow, then there's a big void there, and there's the you know the linebacker's planning on a different gap, and now you've just you know the defensive lineman has moved into the same gap, and the runner is already gone. So, uh, you gotta you gotta maintain all your gaps. That's for sure.
0: And then, yeah, the so- strength of the Jets team is probably their secondary. How would you attack them?
1: if you're Miami? Uh, probably very similar to how we attack other teams, you know, trying to use our speed. We need to get the ball out of our hands quickly or out of, we need to get the ball out of our hands quickly. Like we're throwing the passes, but Osweiler is going to need to get the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, I think Gase is going to call some screen passes like he always does to the wide receivers. It's, it's going to be important to find the guys in space rather than Rather than trying to go deep, because we know Osweiler can't do that very well in the first place. But you're right; the defensive secondary for the Jets is fairly decent. They got Tremaine Johnson, who's not practicing, and we don't know if he's going to play. But Morris Claiborne is a, is a pretty decent cornerback as well in his own right. So I think it's going to have to be stuff that Osweiler gets out, gets the ball out of his hands quickly, and lets the playmakers make plays.
2: If I'm if I'm the OC. I'm gonna look for wherever Buster Screen is on the field because he's the weak link in the secondary. Uh, you gotta hope that you can get Amendola matched up on him. Um, you know, maybe a tight end, Gazeki gets out, gets and makes some plays. Um, well, they tore him
0: up last year.
2: Yeah, I know yeah. that, but he's still the weak link. And you know, the other thing is, is if Devontae Parker is is legit and out there to to earn a, earn a paycheck um he should be able to beat most of the secondary that the jets have yes the secondary is playing pretty well but tremaine johnson is Probably not going to play or not be at full st- full speed.
0: Well, I, I didn't say they were playing well. I just said that the strength of their team.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I get it, but I, that's what I'm trying to point out. You know, we've been a bit down on our Dolphins, uh, and I still think they've got some some skill position players, and they should be able to to win some individual matchups, and that's what's going to have to happen. So uh, I think you go at it with your typical game plan. But you are going to have to have some success on the ground, get, get Gore and Drake involved, and pound the rock. You just got to try to manage Leonard Williams in the middle. Probably not going to have a lot of luck running straight at him. But uh, you've got to stick with your basic game plan and find those seams that work and, and make it happen, basically.
1: Yeah, I think you'll see Gase using some motions again. It's going to be important for him to find the matchups that work. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jakeem Grant motion into the backfield. I wouldn't be surprised to see Gesicki do the same thing. And I will definitely say that I like to see Kenyon Drake come from the backfield and split out to find out if he's going to be covered by a buster screen or if he's going to be covered by one of the linebackers I think it's going to be important to get motions all over the field to find the matchups that Osweiler will take advantage of and we know that he's better than Tannehill at making the pre-snap reads and putting us in the position to be successful so we'll see if that happens I think that that's something to definitely look for and to add to that i don't yeah. know if anybody has heard me say this in in the past on the page but i've talked about how i thought the dolphins were going to do a little bit of wildcat this year i thought we had some really really legitimate skill position players that can make some plays that would do really and then well we in see that in the,
0: in the wildcat last and,
1: year. and then bang we see bellage in the wildcat but i see i thought it was going to be grant and wilson you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a little bit of that thrown in this week, just to keep defenses honest. And if you know, if we can get the matchups, bang them out.
2: I I don't care how they make something happen. If they got to use trickery, then so be it. Let it rip. Just uh, make something happen. And that's what they haven't been able to do is make much of anything happen.
0: You know how you make something happen?
2: Execute.
1: Get Gore four yards on first down. Yeah, Got him
0: another four or five on second down.
1: Yep. Yeah, you know, We talk about all the time, we talk about winning on first down. And that's that's important.
0: That's how you make stuff happen, because then you get the defense on their heels, and all of a sudden the game becomes easy.
1: Yep. Jim, you mentioned Leonard Williams in the middle of that defensive line, and he is right where we've been struggling, the interior of the offensive line. It's going to be really important for us to knock him off the ball if we want to have any success this week.
2: Yeah. Our guards are going to need help with him. Uh, you know Ted Larson and Jesse Davis have been struggling a bit Jesse Davis I'm, I'm surprised he started out fairly well earlier in the season um, but I think the the film room has showed his weaknesses and uh, the DTs are picking up on that but you know some whoever's gonna be in front of uh, Williams is gonna need some help so whether it's uh, Tunzel gives him some help or the center or what have you, but you have to account for Leonard Williams because if he, gets, if he gets free, the play is done.
1: Yeah, and their defense is not fantastic, as Mike pointed out. They're, you know, bottom third of the league in yards allowed and uh, probably points, too. I don't know where they stand, but teams have been scoring pretty regularly on them. I still think even with Wilson and Stills out, if Stills is out, it looks like A.J. Derby may be playing this week finally, and he's going to help in the run game as well as the pass game. We've seen the offense take advantage of Nick O'Leary being out there and and some of the things that he can do, and I think if we get Derby back out there, they're going to kind of do the same thing with him. I don't know how much is going to be involved, but I'd like to continue seek some continued involvement from him as well. I think we do have the offensive horses to put up some points in this game, and I'm not sure if they do in return. Now, obviously, Sam Darnold is a young quarterback, a quarterback who's learning the game, but they have some skilled position players who are out. Quincy Anunwin, Robbie Anderson have both been hurt for the past couple of weeks. They've got Bilal Powell on IR, and Isaiah Crowell is banged up too. Don't know if their young guy, Elijah McGuire, is going to be released from the pup list this week or not, but it looks like this may be the best opportunity for a get-right game at one of the most crucial times in the season for us.
0: Most people are predicting a Dolphin win, and I I think uh, the three of us will probably do the same thing, but uh, I wouldn't take the game for granted either.
2: No.
1: No, I always predict a Dolphins win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I predict them to win as well. But you can't take this for granted. We've we've had some pretty bad games in recent history against the Jets, so we need to take this seriously. And I'm sure I'm sure Gase and the crew obviously does because if if we lose this game, we're on what will be a three game skid of would what would have to be bad play and if the, the last two were definitely yeah. not very good so if if we were to lose this game it's gonna it's gonna be demoralizing to the to the rest of the season if you ask me because that's that's a that's a slide downhill you don't want to have to stop so this is basically a must-win game for us oh yeah
0: you're coming home this yeah is the game. you gotta win
2: Yeah,
1: yeah we've got throttled Straight throttled two weeks in a row, not only on the run in the run game, but just overall. And it's going to be really important because, like you said, we have had some games against the Jets in recent history. Just see last year where we couldn't do a damn thing. And we know this team well, they know us well. Todd Bowles is no slouch you know what i mean so he's going to come prepared it's just going to be really important for our coaches to coach these boys up you know and make sure that they're ready to put 60 minutes together play start to finish and take this game home you know seeing that we're already in, at home but to take this game at home and win one you guys want to give your scores yeah sure so i'll go first i think uh I think when we were talking about this game Mike you, you said that you thought we'd all predict a Miami win and and I am going to predict a Miami win and I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than most people think and it's not because I think that both of these teams are, you know, just offensive powerhouses but I just think that both defenses are struggling a little bit right now and like I said, I do think that Miami has the horses on the offensive side of the ball the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball to put up a, a few points against the Jets on Sunday. So what I'm going to predict is a 31-24 to win. I do think that we do enough in the ground game to keep them guessing and I do think Osweiler makes some good decisions again. There may be a couple of turnovers on both sides of the ball but I think it's going to probably come down to whoever has the ball last and I, and I see miami taking this game 31 to 24.
2: there you go that's that's a good prediction i started out with that that type of score and then i i kind of hedged my bets back a little bit because while i think they'll both be able to score points it's 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 going to be one of those games where it's liable to be a little bit messy on both sides of the ball for both teams um especially early yeah i think the dolphins will pull this out 28 to 21 um i think both teams are going to have some some broken plays on defense and and the other team's going to get an easy score here or there but uh for the most part i think it's going to be a bit messy and you know where each team is trying to flex their muscles and try to make something happen and it's it's i think 28 21 and we'll see what happens
0: well if i'm burke i'm begging gaze to Slow that tempo down just a little bit and uh, run the ball some, and uh, keep my defense off the field. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a nice? <laughs> Converse in third downs, maybe. Yeah, because be nice. I want to keep my job, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, well, so pay- my my prediction is uh, Miami twenty four to twenty for that reason. I do think maybe they try and slow the game down a little bit and uh, uh, try and win the time of possession battle.
2: I was yeah, just going to s- idea. I was just going to say, Mike, you have been harping about the time of possession all year and even into last year. Uh, if you only have the ball for 22 minutes or something a game, you're usually going to lose. So if you run the ball and, and extend some drives, you'll win that battle.
1: Yeah, look what happened to Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. You know, all, these, all this offensive firepower that he supposedly have, and then when he can't sustain any drives. The defense gets just destroyed, and, and then he loses his job quickly. So. You know, if
0: you're the Chiefs and, and you can score at that rate, it's not going to matter. Yeah, but why not the Chiefs? Like and that. we can't score at that yeah. rate. So it does matter.
2: It sure does. That yeah. was one of the best things I saw earlier in the season. Uh, it was against the Jets, I think, when we had that, what was it? A five or six minute drive at the end of the game to basically seal it. That was that was a thing of beauty. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'd love to see more often is one of them five or six minute drives.
1: Yeah, but so, it's going to go right back to to winning on first down. Yeah, today Gates had a press
0: conference and uh, Armando Salgaro basically asked him uh, <laughs> uh, what he thought of everybody being uh, not so
1: confident in his uh, starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I think uh, what it didn't, didn't what he say? He said uh, everybody but you is convinced that Tannehill's not the guy. <laughs> yeah pretty much Some, something along those lines <laughs> i mean even even the children can see it i think is what he said well i mean that
0: geese just blew up you I mean, uh, know he blew up but what, what would you guys think of
1: that jim i'll let you go first on this one
2: yeah i'll, I'll jump on this one uh it's it's a concern for me because I've been struggling with this whole Tannehill dilemma, and you know he missed last season, and you know I had big hopes for him this year because I thought I thought that year on the sideline was going to slow the game down for him and and things would be easier for him. But the little bit that we got to see him earlier on, I, I didn't see any of that big improvement. Um, he's still who he was in the beginning to me. He's got tremendous, you know, arm talent and physical ability, and he's been very durable up until in the last couple of years. Uh, but, man, his instincts just don't exist to me. Um, I've, seen, I've seen a lot more botched plays from Ryan Tannehill than I have seen drive-extending plays from Ryan Tannehill. And that's, that's the biggest issue to me, The middle part is fantastic, but the botched plays and the drive extending plays, those are what separates the good from the bad. And to me, I think everybody, and poor Armando, Armando is, you know, he took the brunt of Gase's frustration there. uh, But Armando's been around a long while. He's been around the team a lot longer than Gase has, and uh, he's pretty well respected. And, uh, so it's it's a concern for him. It's a concern for me. And Gase's tone about it uh, doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy feeling about how we're going to move forward into the future at the quarterback position.
0: I have no problem with him defending his quarterback. That's his job. He's the head coach. Uh, but I didn't really like his demeanor.
1: Daniel? So, boy, listening to that, it reminded me of a lot about how I've defended Tannehill in the past and, and in the recent past, really, after the third game of the season and people were still calling for Tannehill to be replaced and how he's not the guy. I was I was a bodyguard for Tannehill. And there was a couple of things that Gase said that stood out to me. And one of the things that he hinted at more than said was that you see flashes from Tannehill's athleticism that make it impossible to not think that if he put it all together that Tannehill could be an elite quarterback now he didn't say it like that but that's what i heard and the one thing that i did hear from him that he said was that he's continued to get better over the span of this year and through the things that they had worked through over the past couple years now where i can agree with that is 2016 Tannehill did get better We've seen flashes of some instincts and some some stuff that elite quarterbacks are able to do. Tannehill was beginning to evolve. Now, did he evolve into an elite quarterback? No. And did he continue to get better over the first three or four games of this year? Not really. I mean, if I'm being honest, Coach Gase, I didn't see him continue to get really better over those three games. I did see some flashes I seen the arms talent you're talking about and the the ability to run outside on a naked bootleg and pick up 20 yards those are the things that that gaze is seeing that some of us see that make us believe that Tannehill can be a franchise quarterback but when you put the things to into focus like Jim said the quarterback instincts And including the trying to maneuver around pressures or not make the stupid jump passes or just be able to hold on to the football when you're when you're being taken to the ground or, you know, ghost passes or whatever the heck he was doing. Those are the things that make us as fans who watch this team day in and day out, week in and week out, month, year and so on. Know that Tannehill's not the future. Is he the future of this year once he's healthy? Yeah, probably. Uh, I'll give you that, Gase. He's more athletic. He's got the abilities that that Brock Osweiler doesn't have. And and Gase got me fired up when he started going at Armando. I respect Armando. A lot of other people do, too. But, but he's not the future. And I appreciate Gase standing up for his guy, like you said, Mike. But we all know. And if Gase doesn't know yet, it concerns me for his ability to okay another quarterback being added to this roster because we're going to need somebody.
0: Competition is good. Whatever happened to that? Whatever yeah, happened to the idea of competition being good?
1: Yeah,
2: he's not uh, being
0: pushed by
1: Osweiler.
2: Tannehill has never, ever had anybody threaten his position. And that's uh, that's just not acceptable.
0: I mean, you defend your starter until he isn't your starter anymore. And the way that happens is you get competition, and, and you let them battle, and the better guy wins. And that, that's how it should be done. Yeah. And uh, uh, they ignore quarterbacks in the draft unless you uh, include the seventh-round guy, Dowdy, that they drafted a few years ago. not good enough. They need they need to be smarter about how they run their business, and that's just how I feel about it. As far as Tannehill, I think, you know, most of the people that know me know I gave him what I felt was a fair shot and I am at the point where I would really like to see some competition. Um yeah. to me, Tannehill gets small in the game's big moments. And that's
1: just how I feel about him.
2: You worded yeah. that you worded that perfectly,
1: Mike. I really I really do see things in Tannehill that you don't see from a lot of other quarterbacks. And I don't know if it's because he was a first-round pick, and I want to believe that a first-round first pick for us is going to evolve into something special. But we know by now that the potential will never be fully um fully founded Seven years. You know, and granted so. he missed a year,
0: so you can't you can't really count that against him. So you say it's six years. Then he missed part of another year. Okay, so it's five and a half years. So in five and a half years, have you seen enough from this guy to say that he shrinks in big moments? And I think the sure. answer to that is
1: yes. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't discount that at all. So the, the I think the question now more than anything else is how are we going to remember him when he's gone? <laughs> <laughs> i like ryan i
0: i do i think I do the guy too. tries as I hard as too. anybody i think he works as hard as anybody you know He's i've got nothing nails. against the man he is yes yeah. Yeah, yeah class act, you know no I, I wish it
1: ended differently but it needs to end yeah it's <laughs> it's time and and We'll talk much more about who to bring in, whether it's a draft or a free agent in the future. So stay tuned for those podcasts, everybody. But um, yeah, I think the Tannehill days are coming to a screeching halt.
0: Well, I don't know if they're screeching according to Gaze today, but we'll see. We'll see. That'll keep things well, interesting. It uh, sounds, sounds like Gaze is
1: going to be screeching as it happens, is what it sounded uh, yeah, like today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and well, and- and- and Brock says he wants to keep the job anyway, so we'll, yeah. we'll see how it plays out.
0: <laughs> well, Brock what? may be surprised, too. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> we've, we've got some excitement at the quarterback position, y'all. We do. Uh, now, we're going to be back
0: next week. Uh, we'll, we'll do this. Uh, generally, we uh, are going to release the show on Tuesday. Uh, we got delayed this week uh, for various reasons, but uh, we're going to be a Tuesday release, and... Um, you can pretty much count on it habitually. Absolutely. Um, yes, sir. Anything else that you guys would like to add, Daniel?
1: So I would just like to make sure that I added and said, for everybody who's listening to the Finns Fans Podcast, this is a a podcast that we created for a Dolphins Facebook group. So if you hear us talk about posts in the group or conversations that we've had that aren't on the podcast, you can definitely join in those conversations by coming to the group. The group is called Miami Dolphins Number 1, and that is a number as a hashtag or pound sign, Miami Dolphins Pound Sign 1 on Facebook, where we bring you original content that a lot of other groups are not bringing you. And we not only have the podcast for the group and now for all of you fine Finn fans, but we also do live casts, which are something that's super exciting for not only us but all of the members. So we're glad you're here. We want you to keep listening, subscribe and like the podcast on iTunes and Podbean, and make sure you give us some feedback and let you let us know what you think of the Finn Fans podcast. Yep. Subscribe and like. Absolutely. Come to the page, let us know what you think.
2: There you go. There you
1: go. Jim, any last words?
2: I think that's about it. Daniel covered all the publicity stuff there, so uh, I'd just love to have everybody's input. You can join our group, and uh, we'd love to have your input, and I hope you're all tuning in to to this podcast.
1: All right, guys, let's get a win win this week. Hey, let's go beat those stinking Jets.
2: Yes. Fins up. up. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets suck.
0: Fins up.